Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and today we are considering the devotional Lordship discerning the issue. And uh, I want to say that for many years, there has been a theological battle over the issue of the nature of saving faith. And in particular, the issue I'm addressing relates to receiving Christ as Lord. There are those that say one does not have to receive Christ as Lord, only as Savior. I call this the Lordless Gospel. In truth, it is a false gospel. Let's consider some judgment principles. Number one, it is important not to prematurely or automatically put someone in a theological box or a particular category or camp with all the presupposition one may have in reference to that particular school of thought before fully hearing them out. Number two, even among those in general agreement, there is often much disagreement over the many fine nuances involved in the discussion regarding lordship salvation versus a lordless gospel. Number three, note, the definition of terms is key. For example, Charles Ryrie, in seeking to refute the lordship position of John MacArthur, wrote a book called So Great Salvation. However, in the book he said, quote, And because he is Lord God, there is an element in bowing before him, Jesus, and acknowledging him as a most superior person when one trusts him for salvation. When I read that, I said, What are we really arguing about? In my view, Ryrie just acknowledged that in saving faith, one recognizes the lordship of Jesus Christ. Some views that are labeled lordship salvation are heresy because they are defined in terms of a work salvation. But a biblical view makes it purely a matter of saving faith, and the issue is the nature of a true saving faith. Labels are relative, depending upon the definition being used. We must be careful of labels and libels. Number four, some of the phraseology and terminology commonly used is confusing and ambiguous. In critiquing an individual's particular views, some have the weakness of taking a writer's words out of context or taking an ambiguous phrase and negatively applying it to the writer without considering the sense and the context intended by the writer. Both unclear terminology and unfair critiquing often result in much confusion. So let's consider the right focus. Number one, it's important that we not be followers of men as we find those in Corinth were doing. Rather, we are to follow Christ, <clears throat> recognizing men as mere servants. Number two, someone has said everyone's entitled to their own stupid opinion. I had a professor who used to often say that. Therefore, we should not put stock in the mere opinions of people, but rather should search the scriptures for what saith the Lord. It's not what other books say about the Bible, although they may be helpful and insightful, but what the Bible says that is authoritative and really counts. This is what the Bereans were all about. They searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Acts 17.11. Number three, we must recognize that we do not grow in spiritual truth merely through intellectual brilliance 
or intellectual intensity, but rather it is revealed to the godly via the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> who earnestly pursue the God of all spiritual truth in the word of truth. Number four, it's always good to assume an air of humility, humility, realizing that we as human beings are limited in our understanding and that God alone is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Number five, there is mystery involved in salvation and some aspects of saving faith are difficult if not to absolutely, completely, and finally comprehend, understand, or define. Number six, with this background, my desire is to share the results of my research with an attitude of humility coupled with conviction as I present what I believe the Bible has to say about the nature of saving faith. Hebrews 11 is often called the Hall of Faith chapter. It is a very important chapter as it addresses the essential importance of faith and the nature of it. Both are very important. It clearly says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Pleasing God starts with a true saving faith. Hebrews 11:6 says, But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Until next time, this is Pastor Dwight Oswald.